It's Christmas! It's Christmas time! It's a Christmas celebration of the Luke and Pete show and your Christmas traditions. Pete Donaldson with you, joined by Mr. Luke Moore. Luke, how the devil are you? Are you ready for Christmas? Have you bought all your presents? Have you got all your tinsel? Have you got all your uh, bottles of uh, fizz to put in your book's fizz to play a bit of Tetris on Christmas morning? I've left all my skier outside the house so the little Yule lad doesn't come into my house to get it. <laughs> uh, but I am doing all right. Yeah, Christmas is fine. We're getting there. Um, obviously my the, the wi-fi i have access to is so thoughtful and so talented and so good with ideas around christmas that she kind of leads on it and i just do what i'm told and that works right, quite okay. well for both of us um so when you said to me then oh are you ready for christmas i kind of felt like i am but then i also instantly felt a bit like a fraud because i haven't really done anything um right <laughs> I, I bought the christmas tree i brought it home i helped put it up um, and I will do one of my favourite Christmas traditions. I mean, we've talked about Christmas traditions this year, right? So one of my, this show, sorry, and one of my favourite Christmas traditions is after Christmas, pushing my Christmas tree out the window so I haven't got to carry it Oh, yeah, you've been doing that house. again. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's a bit of It's a not trait, the one yeah. idea I had that the Wi-Fi I have access to thought was a bad idea but turned out to be a good one. Like, it's the one time yeah. you got one. Yeah, she yeah. was able to actually, she, she actually said, uh, to be fair, that was a pretty good idea. That's like the only good idea I've had in our would, entire marriage. Would, would what if they? Uh, what if the tree flips out and lands through somebody else's window? I mean, it's unlikely to happen given the geography <laughs> of the area. But I, I, okay, I do fair, make yeah. sure there's no one downstairs because we're on the first floor. So I do make sure there's no one downstairs. I do make sure okay. to avoid the tree. The, sorry, the plant in the front garden that the Wi-Fi I have access to is most fond of. Um, yeah, and Lambeth Council, who generally speaking are not too bad, uh, they just say leave your Christmas tree out and we'll take it away for you. But make sure you got it out on a certain day, uh, so we'd make sure to <laughs> adhere to that. And then we're away. We haven't got to have pine needles all through the house, which is a really good thing. Put a bit of hairspray on it. That's what they always say. What's, what does that do? It just sort of glues the pine needles to the tree. Huh? I didn't know that. I just like, like the same way you would just tame an unruly barnet. It tames an unruly um, set of pine needles that might fall on the carpet otherwise. So I just am told every year by the Garby by the Christmas tree from, make sure you've got plenty of water it sits in and don't have right. the house too hot and it'll be fine for weeks. I mean, what is... I mean, the, the, the tree, if, if the tree is... The tree needs to be suitable for what I'm going to be doing at Christmas. I'm not going to have my house cold. Because yeah, but I think generally speaking, the longer, the hotter the house, the cold, the the least, the less time it lasts for. So it's a it's a right, trade off. Okay, it's fair. a trade off, mate. Okay. You haven't got to turn your living room right. into a fucking Nordic forest, <laughs> but you can't have it like thirty degrees in your house because it'll just yeah. die really quick. And the, the other tip is to not um, buy if you're going to buy a real Christmas tree, don't buy one that's already wrapped up. Yeah, because okay, they've normally fair. been wrapped up for quite a long time. And, and they'll never come out again. It's, they're just, they're just, they're just, they're just in bad conditions. So they don't last as long. Sad, right? And there's nothing worse. I mean, I mean, imagine this has not happened to me yet, but imagine your Christmas tree starting to give up the ghost like three days before Christmas. That wouldn't yeah, be good. Okay. That would not be good, yeah. Peter. Um, <laughs> yeah, welcome to the Luke and Pete Show. Second of our Christmas uh, themed episodes. Uh, last yeah. time out, you would have heard us do. Um, Christmas traditions from around the world. We also did a few other Christmas stories, including a man who found baby Jesus in a packet of Revels. Doesn't get a um, more Christmassy than that, I'm sure we can all agree. Yeah. But this time around, we wanted to do um, your Christmas traditions. So people who um, have listened to the show, who get in touch, 
um, and talk about their Christmas traditions, but also some of their Christmas-themed emails as well. So we'll do it in a bit of a hodgepodge. We'll check it out. We'll chuck it in there, uh, and we'll we'll let you know what we think about all your correspondence. Peter, would you like to start with some emails around Christmas stories and then move into tra- traditions like we did last time out? Yeah, let's do that. That sounds okay. nice. That sounds nice. Um, all right, so first up uh, is an email from Lou, who says... Oh, and this is... This is um, Asking for a little update as well uh, about the fancy rat situation with your mother. Okay, yeah, I could do that. I can do uh, that. So I'll read the email first, then you can respond. It's from Lou. She says, Hello, local drummer boy and pa rumpa pum Pete. Um, love the present idea for your mother, Pete. Uh, me and my husband I have access to have two rats called Pratchett and Romero and can confirm they make super loving and intelligent pets. They would know as soon as the cage was open to lie on their back for their belly rub, and occasionally we give them a little bit of custard. Uh, yes. I would say get your Mara Pera rats as they are very social creatures. I hope you and your kin have a lovely Christmas time. Thanks for keeping me entertained this year. That's from Lou. So belly rubs and custard. If I'd known it was all about that, I'd be on board with the rats. I would be a rat if it was belly rubs and custard. <laughs> I kind of am honest. a rat. Belly rubs and custard. Is there a, is there like a you know like, oh, uh, like businessmen who are all stressed out? They they uh, either get dominatrixes to um, stamp on their back, or they oh, and get, their balls uh, on their balls, yeah. uh, and they uh, or they dress up as babies and put soil themselves. I mean, is there a rat version of that? Just getting belly rubs and eating custard. I'm sure you can find. I mean, there's something out there for everyone. Something out there for everyone. I think, yeah, as long as you, as long as your money's good. I admire. I admire the. Um, in a way, I admire the. Because um, yeah, we're not about kink shaming on this show. Whatever floats your boat. It's all consensual. It's all good to me. But um, what I would say is, it's brave of those men of a certain age to be happily soiling themselves in a nappy in front of right. people they don't really know. Because as you get older, people listening to this will understand. The older you get, the more time you spend in trying not to shit yourself. Exactly, yeah. You might let loose the dogs of war. It might, it might never. You may never be able to hold it in again because your body just sort of goes, "Well, you're a baby now. If you want to be a baby, I'm going to make you soil yourself constantly you're, in that high-powered business meeting." Your bowels just going, "What's well, good enough for you yesterday? So it's good enough for you today. <laughs> good day. This is how we do things now <laughs> in a high-powered <laughs> business meeting, Pete. Yeah, in the middle of a PowerPoint." To Cyberdyne Corporations. <laughs> about about a merger with Skynet. About a merger with Skynet, yeah, exactly. <laughs> By the way, speaking of um, Skynet, did you see that Elon Musk went on stage with Dave Chappelle the other, the other week? Right, okay. What, what, very what, very it's, odd. It's, I can't really get my head around what, what's happening. Essentially, as far as I understand <laughs> it, Dave Chappelle did a really big comedy stand-up show and it looked like it was in an arena i, I think it might have been the yeah. chase center which is a massive venue. right okay yeah, yeah, yeah. and i'm not sure why because the video that i saw which was from a punter in the audience didn't cover this but elon musk right. just came out and then right. and then some people cheered and then some people booed and then i think james dave Chappelle made a joke that um said oh it's all the people in the cheap seats booing and elon musk laughed and then everyone started booing and then the video got put up on Twitter, and then somehow it got instantly deleted and banned, and the person posted got banned. But obviously, because you can't... How did it get banned on Twitter? That seems really a weird thing to... <laughs> right, and then... How did that happen? I know. And then people st- other people started sharing it, and it kept getting shared, because I guess someone found it in some kind of archive somewhere. And I just thought to myself, it's quite weird, all this, isn't it? It's quite... Especially, like... I th- I fear for characters like Dave, Ch- Dave Chappelle, because... Um, it's he's always been sort of Vaughn has been this incredible stand up and stuff. 
but I think his trans stuff uh, has he he got quite rightly attacked for for, for what he was saying all that bollocks um and he and he i i fear that he may go down the crate of father ted route and go mad and just bring reactionary figures out on stage every night yeah I've, I've... men men get def- weirdly defensive when they're criticized and men who have had long illustrious careers uh and have you know in Chappelle's case have survived some pretty rough uh accusations and and stuff of himself so like i i don't know that the first thing about him really but i just worry that men of a certain age do either have a fork in the road where they sort of either climb down and sort of go oh okay fine we live in a different world like you know i've, I've got to be a bit more thoughtful about things and, and not be an idiot or two it's comedy fucking deal with it it's fucking comedy and, and the trans people and blah, 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 blah. um and I, I, they always seem to go down the second route for me well I, I think isn't it interesting because like Chappelle is someone who you know rightly or wrongly and I, I wouldn't be an expert in his work anyway no uh, me neither who is I get mixed up with Dave LaChapelle well that's it was a photographer or something yeah what is that because they've got similar yeah. names Pete very sim- yeah. yeah, exactly that. Yeah, because yeah. the names similar, are yeah. very si- similar, aren't they? <laughs> it's just almost identical. Yeah, it's like literally two letters different. So <laughs> yeah, and Dave Lala Chapelle is just. I mean, I don't know where he made La La Land, of course, which he is very La well received. Land. You know, uh, but people. I, I suppose. Well, just the point I was going to make very quickly is just that this traditional, this tradition of like, there's a reason why there's a really strong tradition of African American comedians in the U.S. through the eras, right? So, you know, right. just to name a couple, like Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy and all the rest of it, right? And I think people want or maybe even do think that Chappelle's in that great tradition. Yeah. But every time I've seen him do stuff in the last three or four years, maybe maybe a bit longer, still pretty fucking basic stuff in my view. Pretty kind of shock yeah, but all of those, of Yeah, but, stuff, all of these, right? but all of these sort of stand-ups are of that kind of vintage, your, your Seinfelds and stuff, they go on stage and they just do the hits and they never add anything to their, their, their oeuvre and they never change and mm. they're just there to broadcast to the people who grew up with them effectively. So they, they're, they're broadcasting to people who are... What, like Rolling Stones just going out playing like... Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, one's, you, no you one cares about the new Rolling Stones record, do they? Yeah, people don't want people don't want change. I imagine you know people won't want. Imagine if Peter Kay came out and did a, a tight fifty on I don't know like social political <laughs> like like modern modern life in the in the Snapchat age. Like, do, do you want that or do you just want garlic bread again? You just want garlic bread again, don't you? Do the garlic bread bit, Pete. Oh, where is he? Is he in a restaurant? I don't know. I just don't know it. I just I just don't it's know. Gar- it. Is this garlic bread? Yeah. Is it garlic in a bread? If someone put garlic in a bread, I, I can't fathom this. Can't figure this one out. It's good. There you go. It's good stuff. That's and that's, it. that's, that's the, the whole thing. And so, to everyone listening, that, just so you know, that's the hallmark of a great joke. Anyone can do it. Yeah. It's funny. Anyone. Like, can I had do to that. mute myself, exactly. and it was so funny. Like, and Pete's <laughs> one of the funniest people I know. So, you put that material with someone like Donaldson, and you've got yeah. yourself a fucking pretty explosive podcast episode. Thanks very much. Yeah. Anyway, thank you. I'm not sure Christmas. how Chris from Sydney's going to follow this on the email. Yeah, but he's going to have to. Uh, Shall I read it? Yeah, why not? You, it's a long one. It's unlike you to. It's a long one. That's right. unlike you to volunteer to read a long email, Pete. It must be Christmas. Rude. Absolutely rude. Uh, Christmas Sydney. Uh, a terrible Christmas night. Uh, hello, the Luke Pete's uh, long time listener, but have never emailed in. You recently triggered a memory of an almost catastrophically bad Christmas night that my family had when I was younger. 
Every year since I can remember, we have spent Christmas Day with some family friends that live around the corner from our parents' house. The hosting alternates between the two houses. However, this year, even though it was our turn, we had lunch at the family friend's house because my mum and dad were renovating ours. After a relaxing but fairly unnoteworthy day, we scurried home in the rain at around 9pm and were about to walk through the front door to have a final cup of tea before bed, unaware of the pending disaster waiting on the other side. Throughout the day, the rain had built up so much on the top of the makeshift tarpaulin roof that my dad, oh dear, that my dad had covered over our living room with that it was sagging down at around about head height. There was so much water in it that it was impossible to push it off from the inside and the makeshift walls that my dad made from wooden boards were bending over and looked seconds from collapsing. For the next hour, we were all frantically running around trying to make sure our roof didn't cave in and flood the house. My dad helped my dad stand on a ladder in the pouring rain to scoop out water with a bucket. Me and my siblings were trying to support the weight and clean up the smaller leaks. Eventually, uh, we managed to push all the water off the roof and the rain subsided, after which we were all energised enough to play some more board games and have some nibbles. What could have been a terrible evening ended up being a real bonding moment for my family and one of the best Christmas nights that we still always refer to back now. Uh, Cheers to the podcast, guys. Keep it the nonsense. Chris from Sydney. Just pushing rain off a bit of tarpaulin. A bit of bonding. <laughs> bit of bonding. Oh, it's great dad energy as well, that, isn't it? Like, you've yeah, got all, everything yeah. you need there. I'll just put a bit of tarpaulin over that. That'll be fine. Um, yeah. I'll put some kind of ersatz uh, kind of walls. That'll probably be fine as well. It's not fine, is it, Chris's dad? But luckily, the family <laughs> have rallied round. What a lovely, tight family unit. And that's what Christmas is all about. Family. I would I would, put, I would, poke a little hole into the, uh, into the, into the water and drain it off using buckets from inside I reckon that's what I'd do I like to think that Chris's the- dad's playing some kind of 3D chess here where he, think, where he thought the family aren't as close as they used to be I need to find some way of bringing them closer together I know what I'll do I know there's what rain I'll forecast do. tonight I'm going to I'm going to threaten to absolutely ruin the house <laughs> It's a small price to pay. <laughs> Great stuff, Chris. There's another Chris who's got in touch yeah. as well, Chris Sharp. I mean, he does not. he's not said we can't use his surname. Um, so I'm going to use it. Chris Sharp's been in touch. He says, uh, hi, guys, I've got a Christmas story for you. Every year, up until the Christmas of 2018, my older brother and I would buy a single present alongside the other presents for our mum that had to be something that would either piss her off or be pointless or a bit stupid. After a few years of silly gifts, my mum got in on the action and would award a comically oversized best stirrer wooden spoon to whoever purchased the best gift. An award me and my brother coveted like winning the FA Cup. However, this all stopped after 2018. My mum has a habit of spilling food down herself and making a big enough fuss about it that everyone knows who is around her. I therefore decided to buy my mum an adult-sized bib for Christmas. Okay, good. When she opened it, she was not pleased at all. <laughs> After presents were done and we were heading off to a family friend's for Christmas lunch, I asked if she wanted to take the bib with her. She threw it in a drawer and said, no more of these presents now, in utter disgust. I won Christmas that year and will be known as the last biggest stirrer winner in the Sharp household. <laughs> Chris Sharp brackets the Christmas stirrer. It's gone too far. It was always going to go too far, Chris. Chris, I mean, what I would say is that... Like... What I would say is that you've to to have that power over your like I would love to land a blow on my parents. I'd love to get them something that upset them, but I but I just I'm just unable to to do it. Uh, they they don't care as much. Uh, so well done, uh, well done, uh, Chris. That's uh, a wonderful bit of work, and and congratulations for being for being the uh, biggest stirrer so, um, in the sharp household. 
I can say this because my mum won't listen to this podcast, so um, <clears throat> it's safe. Um, when my mum came to visit um, in the summer, uh, we sat in the garden having some lunch, and um, um, the Wi-Fi I have access to said, oh, um, what does everyone want to drink? And my mum said she wanted this ginger cordial that my wife likes. Have you had ginger cordial? It's very middle class. Uh, I think I've seen the bottle before. Yeah. It looks like cooking oil. It does, yeah. It's from Bottle Green, and it costs about fucking eight quid a bottle. Anyway, um, <laughs> so my mum said she quite fancied some of it, and... Um, and so my wife made us some. We took it out to the garden. We were all sitting around. The family, whole, whole family were there just drinking uh, soft drink and, and eating some lunch. And yeah. my mum drank this ginger cordial and it made her really kind of cough because it's quite spicy ginger, isn't it? It's like kind of a bit yeah. odd. Proper stuff, yeah. uh, But she insisted that she liked it. She kept drinking it. And every time she drank it, <laughs> she would cough, right? And, it, and it, she would like get like quite like almost like choking because it was such a spicy taste and my mum doesn't really like spicy food but I think because she wanted to be polite she insisted that she really liked it and until after a while I think my, my the Wi-Fi I've actually just went come on just took it off and gave her like another drink so anyway <laughs> as a joke the Wi-Fi I've access to has wrapped up a bottle of this ginger cordial for Christmas for my mum to open that will go down well because my mum's got an exceptional sense of humour but yeah. to me I feel like that's as far as you can push christmas presents like that you can't you can't be mean and i think maybe chris has crossed the rubicon there and maybe just been a bit yeah. mean and, and said you're sloppy man you're messy yeah mom. so chris maybe have a think about this christmas take some time to think about everything the thing all the yeah. things your mum's done for you um what about gethin gethin's got one about christmas bins pete surely you want to read that yeah big fan of that big fan of those christmas bins. Another australian gethin one says- by the way Good day, gents. With the bin and Christmas chat the other day, it reminded me of my childhood experiences in Darwin, Australia. Christmas is quite different here, as it's uh, 35 to 40 degrees and filthy humid. Christmas lunch is usually cold meats and plenty of prawns and other delicacies of the sea, followed by a dip in the pool, of course. That sounds bloody great. Um, Yeah. One of the tragedies of Christmas is that some years, uh, on some years, a bin day falls on Christmas Day and the rounds don't get done. I can guarantee that there are a few smells more foul than a street full of bins with kilos of rotting seafood carcasses that have been baked by a week of 35 plus degree days. Thank you for the laughs. Enjoy the Christmas pudding, uh, Gethin. I mean, you would just open up the bin and let nature take its course. You wouldn't even try and close the lid because that would just increase the heat. That would increase the maggots. That would increase the the, the horrors uh, of what was going on inside, wouldn't it, Lou? I think you're I think you're forgetting about the dingoes, mate. The dingoes, yeah, that's a good point. Actually, the dingoes can get in there though, surely, surely. I, well, so surely. You're saying that you would essentially let loose a wild pack of kind of predators in the neighbourhood to just finish up all the carcasses. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then they'll take yeah, shit all over the neighbourhood and it'll get even just, worse. <laughs> You're just not going to win. You're just not going to win. Awful, awful it happens in, um, Oh, good. I think it happens in Naples a lot. There's a um, situation there, I think, where some of the organised crime gangs, the Camorra or whoever, they basically hold the city to ransom around like garbage disposal and waste collection yeah. and stuff. And sometimes if there's like a dispute, they just the rubbish just sits out there for weeks. <laughs> and it does show you actually... And in a way, how COVID cool, did this work. Showed how, you how thin, how profitable crime is. Well, just how thin, how thin the veneer of civilization is in, in, in the world. I mean, you don't think. You, yeah. The, the basically the only remedy I have to take care of a bin that smells in my house is to put it outside and hope that someone else takes care of it. <laughs> if that stopped happening, I don't know what I would do. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it is quite a thin veneer. Um, hopefully, getting um, bin day doesn't fall on Christmas Day this year, and you don't have that smell to deal with. Um, uh, finally for now 
before we move on to people's Christmas traditions that they got into with us on Twitter, I've got an email here from Luke, um, which is the final Christmas email, I think, of the show. Uh, this is quite a weird one. I, I, the reason I included it is I think it's up your street, Peter, although I can't really explain why. Um, right. So Luke says, when I was about eight or nine, the whole family was over at my nan and granddad's for Christmas. My nan's cousin, an older bachelor, let's call him Harold. I don't know why he's called him Harold, uh, <laughs> who lived near an Asda, brought a hammer with him for Christmas Day. Right, okay, yeah, cool. After nice having yet. it concealed in his man bag throughout the day, he took it out when the booze, and probably slur for me, uh, was flowing in the evening and the room fell silent. He turned to my Persian uncle and spun the hammer, showing the claw end, and asked what this is used for. My uncle patiently answered, it's for taking out nails. I never understood why he did it, but over the years I've come to realise he probably asked my uncle as a way of oddly forming a bond or striking a conversation with him, which when you think about it, is quite uh, quite sweet. Later on, however, Harold then proceeded to piss himself in an armchair, which I now guess was a way of being able to stay over at my nan's for the night while his pants were in the wash. It's just it's a lot of chaotic stuff. energy in that email. It's a lot of chaotic energy, but he's a, he's a chaotic, you know, he's a, uh... <laughs> oh, lordy. Yeah, but he's a, he's a chaos merchant with a hammer, and you, you can never say that he doesn't have a hammer. So I think, I think I, this may be unfair on you, so just shout me if it is, but in my mind, I can imagine you sat in an armchair having pissed yourself with a hammer in your hand. Not a big piss myself guy. No. And if I have to say that one more time. <laughs> no, I can imagine you coming down the middle of the night thinking there's some kind of intruder, getting a hammer, sitting in the armchair, but you've had a few beers, wake up in the morning, yeah. you're still there, you know. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think I wouldn't piss myself. I, I, yeah, I think I, I could see myself waving a hammer around pissed, but uh, just showing <laughs> off my new hammer. I've got two hammers. Actually, there's one hammer uh, uh, down the side of the house I need to pick up. I've got a what? rubber mallet and I've got a hammer hammer. What do you mean down the side of the uh, house? I, d- I don't know why it's there. What was I using it for? Oh, for some reason, I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd caused to use a, a rubber mallet down the side of the house. I, I can't remember why, but I've, uh, possibly the fence post, maybe. I didn't want to break the wood. I don't know. Either way, um, uh, you've just reminded me I need to go and collect a hammer from the side ha- of the happy, house. Happy, exactly. So I think the, the cap fits. Happy to provide a service. Happy to provide exactly. it. Happy to be exactly. here. Um, thank you very much <laughs> for that, um, Luke. I appreciate it. I mean, yeah. it's really getting across the kind of you know, occasional chaos and and quite a lot of uncertainty that surrounds a lot of people's family Christmases um so speaking of that um I asked people to tweet in with their tradition Mm. uh, their kind of Christmas traditions and what really came across was the pathos of our listenership (laughs) yeah okay fair. not that many of them were positive um I was hoping it would be a lot more kind of you know we all sing around the fire you know and you know think about the people we lost throughout the year and and light a candle for them and then you know, have a drink out of respect. It wasn't that. No. Um, I'll read you through a few of my favourites. This one from Jack. Have we have we gone for an ad break yet? Oh, fucking hell, we haven't even done an ad break. Let's do that the second okay, half. Okay, let's do All that. Right. Yeah, let's we, do we, that. We've got a little mini second half. We'll, we'll go Sorry, everyone, break, but I'm not being funny. We don't get paid if we don't do the ad, so get fucked. <laughs> Enjoy them. Welcome back to the second part of the Look and Beat Show Thursday edition. No batteries, but we will be going through some of your Christmas traditions that you got involved with uh, via Twitter uh, and other places as well. So thank you very much for everyone who got involved. There's a lot of fantastic stories in here, a lot of fantastic traditions in here, uh, and it's just very weird that um, you guys are so weird. Yeah, <laughs> in many ways, I'm reassuring. I would say. 
Yeah, I'm going to kick off with uh, Jax. Um, now that my sister and I are firmly adult age, the extent of our traditions now is watching my 60-year-old father thinking he's still edgy by not opening his presents until as late in the day as possible while nobody else cares or acknowledges his behaviour anymore. <laughs> 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 it's good stuff. Spiritually, it's he's basically stuff. very much spending Christmas alone. Yeah, but also he's... Uh, He's he's clearly got your attention, so don't give the big licks that you don't give a shit, Jack. You clearly do. You think it's you say it's pathetic, you say it's annoying, you say it's excruciating, and you you say that he thinks he's edgy. You're all watching, though, aren't you? You're all watching him open that little bottle of whiskey or whatever. Definitely. I mean, it's it's kind of. I, I like the idea that Jack implied in this is that Jack doesn't even care what his dad's reaction is to the present he bought him for Christmas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've given it now. My bit's done. So you you open it wherever you want, big man. It's up to you. You open it in fucking July for all I care. I've done my bit. There was a lot of messages that we'll, we'll probably get, we might get to where it was just um, people opening their presents very late in the day anyway. Uh, and it's not something I subscribe to. I want to, once went, well, twice went to a Jersey Christmas that um, where they would do that. A couple of presents, a couple of stock of fillers at the start of the day. Then you'd have Christmas uh, dinner or whatever, and then you got to open your big presents. I, I just, I don't want to live in a world. I don't want to live well, in a world. We kind of did that because we had a situation where when we were younger, um, we would open a kind of couple of little bits in the morning, yeah. And then we'd have breakfast, and then we'd open our kind of quote unquote main present, and then we'd have lunch at my nan and granddad's, and then the, a lot of the majority of the present opening was probably done in the afternoon because we had to go somewhere oh. else. Okay, but but what's right, weird? That's weird to you, but to me, obviously, as a kid, I didn't really know any different because you don't see any of your mates on Christmas Day or anything, so it doesn't really make any that's difference. That's true. To me. Yeah. So you know, I guess you would sort of those kind of revelations sort of come up quite late, and you're like, oh, that's 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 not what I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about this from Jordan, who says, "My dad and I actually this is this is a very nice antidote." To, and I'm not suggesting that Jack's got any kind of problematic relationship with his own father. I'm not saying that, but that was a message. I'll say it. Fuck it. Okay, you say it. Do you want to just say it, and I'll move on to the next one. It's got a problematic relationship with his dad. We all have. <laughs> this podcast is partly part of it, you know. Okay, Jack, I guess what we're saying is you're not alone. But um, Jordan has got an antidote to this by saying that my dad and I watch The Great Escape every Christmas Eve. No idea why or when it started. We just do. <laughs> I don't mind that. That's quite nice. I do, the more I see bits of that uh, uh, film, though, I do sort of go, I mean, what the, I mean, why is it so popular? What are you what talking about? It's a great movie, yeah. isn't it? I mean, I haven't seen it for years, but it's great. Yeah, exactly. Watch it. <laughs> just watch it. <laughs> but the thing, what I like about it, I think, anyway, is just the fact that, um, just the fact that Steve McQueen and the and uh, to, to be honest, the cast of The Great Escape, so many like proper stars in it. Steve yeah. McQueen, Richard Attenborough, uh, Charles Bronson's in it, James Coburn's in it. Uh, it's just a lot of stuff to watch, a lot of people to watch, and, and it's like a bygone era type thing. But maybe I'm just old, and admittedly, I haven't watched it for years. What what um yeah. what my family do the day that we're all together, whatever day that is, because sometimes we have to do different family routines or whatever because of kids and stuff now. Um, is we always watch Home Alone together, and okay. that's a tradition for us. And last year, I got the Home Alone Lego house for everyone to to build, which we built together, which is really nice. But as a part of watching Home Alone. It's almost become part of the tradition that I get annoyed with my sister for endlessly shouting out the lines at the same time that they do it on the film, which I just think is unnecessary. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I've got anything. We watched the um, Will Ferrell 
and oh god who's the other guy in it uh it, it was like a kind of a, a christmas kind of reimagining of scrooge or you know christmas carol with ryan reynolds and uh and will will ferrell on apple uh tv um good two films up not a bad little christmas romp uh even though again two hours long it's a kids film why bother um I, it's a, it's but it's a musical i said this to you the other day i can't remember said it on there or not mama. Uh, but I'm going to say it again. If Die Hard can get everything done in one hour fifty, you should really be getting your Christmas film down to one hour thirty maximum. It's a musical. It's a musical for crying out loud. Ridiculous. Why do we need that? Why do we need the link? Not yeah. enough. And it's, it's good because Will Ferrell clearly can't sing, so they've used so much auto tune. It sounds absolutely insane. Does it? Even now, in 2022, we can't get auto tune right. So I, re- <laughs> I, I read the other day that, and um, so you know that. Um, oh, maybe you don't know this, but um, Sir Ian McKellen, the great Sir Ian McKellen, at the age of like eighty mm. something has made a quite triumphant return to pantomime. He's doing a Christmas pantomime. And yeah. um, it's Mother Goose. And he's the lead with John Bishop, the comedian. And I saw a write-up for it the other day, um, which said it was absolutely fantastic and you know, a brilliant example of the traditional Christmas pantomime. But um, yeah. apparently what makes it absolutely hilarious is that Ian McKellen... This is, there's a lot of songs in it. And Ian McKellen is completely tone-deaf. Right, but but still just throws himself into it. Knows he can't sing, doesn't yeah, care, yeah. and everyone just thinks it's fucking hilarious. And that's, this is what the write up in like the Evening Standard said. It's like a brilliant pantomime, but the real highlight is every time Sir Ian McKellen tries to sing, and he doesn't care. He just does not care. He just does it anyway, which I think is a really great way of approaching it. Some some voices are like really un unattainable because they don't even get close to the note they're supposed to hit. So you can't even tidy up. You can't even sweeten the deal. Well, I don't have any kind of scientific um, background for this knowledge it's probably not even knowledge but a good friend of mine when I was in a band in school as a kid a good friend of mine who played bass couldn't sing mm. and we asked him about it and we talked to him about it and, it and it basically came down to what he was doing when he decided that he wanted to sing because he was basically completely blind guessing the notes it's but mad, he couldn't it? process any of it at all in his mind yeah and that and that's yeah and that's kind of heartening because I go well at least I know where the notes are. You know what I mean. At least you know when you do, you know when you, you you listen back to yourself singing. You sort of go, oh, "That wasn't quite there." Hmm. Uh, but some people don't have that. They don't really know where what note it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's amazing. And the reason I love that for uh, for Ian McKenna is because he could easily have said, "I'll do this. I know I'll be a good draw. I know it will sell out. It's at the West End, I think. I know I'll sell out yeah. because I'm Ian McKellen." <laughs> But I'm not doing the singing because I can't sing, and I don't want people to laugh at me. What he's actually saying is, "Yeah, I'll do it anyway." I, I don't care. I'll do it. Who gives a shit? I don't care that I've been nominated for two Academy Awards. I'll do it. Which I think is a great thing. Um, anyway, um, what about this from Owen, who says, um, we always wait until after the Queen's now King's speech before opening our presents. This is despite the fact that no one in our family is remotely royalist and we barely pay any attention to the speech itself. I've never, I don't think I've ever watched the Queen's speech. I think I have, but it's, I mean, it's just all, it's all the same, isn't it? I mean, it's just kind of, oh, she's, she's, well, I guess she's reading, oh, okay. So this will be the first, oh, of course it will be, yeah, it'll be the first, uh, the first King speech. Yeah. Amazing. Um, That'll be interesting. Adam Clayton's been in touch, who I, I believe it's not the bass player from U2, though, although I'd quite like it if it was. Yeah. Uh, he says, we go for a swim, uh, my girlfriend, me and my dog, Ooh. but because we're total misanthropes, we go alone to our nearest beach rather than joining in one of the big community field group swims elsewhere. <laughs> I mean, I'm presuming they're down under. I'm presuming. No, I asked him. I replied and I said, where do you live? And he said, I live in the Channel Islands. (laughs) And I said, is it freezing? And he said, yes, it is fucking really cold. 
I don't, I don't know why people do it. I don't know why people do it. I like uh, Fergus's one. I f- our family gets a 40-piece Indian starter sharing platter and have it for breakfast on Christmas morning. Top-notch stuff. Fergus, that's wonderful. I thought that was a meme. Well done. I, when, when he sent that, I thought, this is a joke I don't get. This is like when I got busted for the Back to the Future's Michael J. Fox thing. Yeah, but I mean... I mean, I mean, it's it, if it is, it's a lot more difficult to. No, I just think it's just. I think feeding a lot of people for any person who's you know tasked with the thing, it's actually quite hard to do. So just get a big fucking Iceland fucking prawn ring fucking monstrosity, yeah, and just and just cook it. But yeah, just I, I like I love the idea of a forty-piece Indian starting sharing platter because the clear thing about um, Indian food, it sets you up so beautifully for, for for food you know what i mean like the the spices uh, get your get your get your get your mouth popping for food for me to come. oh mate what a start for me it's problematic because it's going to it's going to the spices and stuff can play havoc with my uh, stomach and the first thing in the morning drop a renitidine cuz the the oil as well won't help but you know you you you, you if you are the sort of person who's going to fall foul of grease and spice and stuff i mean no you, but you breakfast time Pete fantastic. that's business as usual for you you were eating spaghetti bolognese for breakfast the other day yeah certainly doesn't certainly. even register on the radar for you um <laughs> on the sicta scale yeah. <laughs> nice. i've got a couple more just very 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 quickly i will end on these um lee q is a good friend of mine and and a, and a friend of yours as well pete although you won't remember him um you, well, you, well, you simply <laughs> won't like remember a friend then, does he? do you remember lee who used to play football with us i remember a lee that used to play football with us that's him okay then yeah. fine Lovely. Uh, he says, not a tradition, but I had a time when my <laughs> wife's 90-year-old grandmother came over to ours with the family. They all went on the traditional Christmas Day walk while I stayed back. And at one point, to my surprise, she proceeded to sing Jerusalem at full volume with no warning. <laughs> I thought she was malfunctioning. What a Christmas treat. Wow, that's good stuff. And like nine-year-old grandmothers, I mean, at least they're shouting that. At least they're singing Jerusalem. I mean, it's kind of like... I'd be quite up when, for when, Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, big fan of that. As long as she did it with the gusto and the inaccuracy that Ian McKellen would. Um, uh, a friend of, before we move on to the final one, which we'll end on, a friend of mine, in fact, it's the same um, guy who talks about Christianity in the philosophical way that I talked about in the last show. Yeah. He... <laughs> The only story I've got about the song Jerusalem is that I went on a boating holiday in on the Norfolk Broads with him and a few of my friends once. And right. I don't know if you know this, but there's quite a lot of um, like travelling folk around there. Yeah. And there's also quite a lot of... Um, and and it, what it tends to be is quite like... Um, quite like a lot of groups of people who essentially make their life on the boats and make their life on the river and stuff like that. And... and and they don't really take too kindly to you behaving like a dickhead because you're on holiday. And I totally understand that. But at, the yeah. same, and, and, but at the same time, you know, they've got a fire on the side of the river going and they're hard, right? Yeah. And you, there's no getting away from it. Because even if I wanted to flee from a bunch of river people, I couldn't get the you boat fired go... up quick enough to get away anyway because yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so you kind of keep your head down. You know, you're in other people's territory. You've got to be respectful of that. You've got to you know, understand that this is their way of life and, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, yeah. My friend, on the way back from the pub, he was just walking down the towpath, just screaming at the top of his voice all the words to Jerusalem. And I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's an odd think, song yeah. to sing anyway. Like, it sounds like a threat. Right? <laughs> Luckily, we got away with it yeah. with our lives intact, but it was a very, very worrying moment. I think Pete, I, 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 I hate boys being silly in other people. Like, not having a... 
not having an idea about like context and yeah and, uh you know just reading the room yeah basically you know I mean? yeah, exactly like, that. just yeah but if you want to swing a hammer around in your own home, that's fine. In your own home, absolutely fine. I go as far as to say, uh, if you want to spend Christmas Day swinging a hammer around, having pissed your pants, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. A uh, couple of a uh, couple of uh, uh, Christmas uh, traditions to finish us off. Ryan uh, says, my wife insists on watching The Snowman on Christmas morning before we get up and do anything else. Uh, it was all right the first few Christmases together. Ten years later, I'm fucking bored of it. Yeah, I, I can see that. <laughs> it's watching The Snowman now, and even like the second one, uh, The Snowman and the Snow Dog and, and all the rest of them. Um, yeah, that, that animation, like, there's like two frames per second, and I'm sorry. Oh, this is a take I was not prepared for. <laughs> I, I've never heard someone say this about the snowman. The frame you rate, know when you watch, I'm sorry. The frame rate was terrible, uh, but I, I know it's hand-drawn. I know it was all, I know it was uh, done by hand, and, and that's very rare these days. And I know that, uh, that's... You know, when you when you're a kid and they, they like Channel Four have got a you know like you know a, an important film series uh, and they sort of say this these are the series these are the films that you need to see uh, before before you die, and uh, I remember one that was Akira. Oh yeah, the the the, the weird uh, sort of uh, I love Keanu Reeves uh, from Japan, <laughs> and um, and and I remember watching that going. It's, I like you know I like I like Don Bluth I like Disney you know what, why is there only slow and boring, three frames why is well why is there three frames per second being drawn this isn't animation this is practically a slideshow so I just didn't like the the I loved when you get older you sort of understand that the actual uh, 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 you know design of everything is incredible and, and it is an amazing animation it's just very low frame animation it looks cheap basically when you're a kid and you assign quality to smoothness effectively and so like with Snowman you watch it back and you're like it's actually quite hard to watch it's like watching like a flick book and, and, isn't it and a beautiful animation... piece of storytelling though yeah so what you think it's Christmas it's like five minutes it's only f- I mean it's five minutes isn't it? is it five it's, minutes it's longer it's, than that isn't it it's very it's very it's very short and you're like going I don't get like if it's only five minutes draw draw a couple of frames give us the coloured pencils I'll draw the uh, I'll draw the interpolating frames I'll draw uh, you do you've clearly done frame one and frame five I'll do two and three and, and, and stick them in the middle, and I'll make this look smooth for you, all right? It's 26 Cause I, cause minutes long. It's 26 minutes. Is it 26 minutes long? All to right, which I uh, think that Ryan, if he can't... Flies sh- by. If Ryan can't spare 26 minutes for the wife that he loves on Christmas morning, then we're all fucked, aren't we? Mix it up. I'm a man who watches The Office every night. The same fucking series over and over again. That's more depressing right, what you've just said there. <laughs> uh, Brad has come in with spam sandwiches on Christmas morning. Not sure why. Got to take the good with the bad, I suppose. Um... I had spam sandwiches uh, about three days ago at my mum and dad's house. I got the old uh, spam out, sliced it up, fried it up. Fucking lovely. Why don't we eat enough spam? Yeah. Why don't we eat more spam? I don't mind delicious. it. I don't mind it cooked up in, in that way. Uh, it's quite salty and delicious. I don't think there's much to, to yeah. not like about it, to be perfectly honest. So we have bacon sandwiches as, as a Christmas tradition in our house. My dad always cooks them up. Um, yeah. mum, my dad basically the tradition we have in our house, my dad cooks the bacon sandwiches in the morning and then he prepares yeah. the mashed Sweden carrots. And that's the only thing he does for the Christmas dinner, right? And then when we're <laughs> right. eating Christmas dinner, he talks about how good the Sweden carrots are, even though my mum's done everything else. <laughs> nice. Okay. Great dad stuff. Jesus, that is proper dad stuff, yeah. isn't it? Anyway. A lovely old job. That's it, I think. All that's left, Pete, <laughs> is for stuff. us to wish our lovely Luke and Pete show family a very, very Merry Christmas and to thank them for all their support throughout the year. Would you like to do that? Uh, thanks for all of that. We'll be back um, in well, a few days' time. Boxing Day. Yeah. 
back on. Talk about Boxing Day traditions, possibly. Probably pre-record that one. Probably pre-record that one. Yeah. Oh, give, give us a rest, yeah? yeah. Give us a rest, yeah? Yeah, let us have a bit of time sleep. off. Um, thank you very much. Yeah. So, joke of the side, thank you very much for your support. Um, the best thing you can do to help us if you want to lend us more support, which we'd be very grateful for, is to leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts and tell all your friends about us. And that would really help us out. Um, we hope you have a lovely Christmas, a peaceful Christmas with your family and the ones you love and enjoy yourselves. And uh, yeah, take a bit of time for yourself because the modern world is very hectic. Why not take a little bit of time for yourself? And if you feel really comfortable, have a go at pissing your pants. Yeah, swing a hammer around. Have a bit of fun. See ya. The Luke and Pete Show is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.